Hey, everyone, I want you to come in and give this a listen. We're going to talk about fear and how entrepreneurs are either stuck and paralyzed by fear or how to overcome it to live your dreams. Come on and give it a listen. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. How's it going, David? It's going fantastic, Steph. He's always going fantastic with you. (laughs) Not Um, afraid of anything, that's why. (laughs) Well, that brings me to um, our topic today, yeah, which is fear. And I know we've done, well, you specifically have done several episodes on fear, but I was listening into a training you did with our elite mind group. We, you know, we meet every morning and you, and you share a lesson and this lesson, I mean, your lessons are always amazing, but this one really hit me between the eyes. And I thought, you know what, we could do a fantastic podcast episode on this that I think would benefit every single person that listens to the podcast. And you were you were doing a teaching from a book by US Anderson called The Magic in Your Mind. Do, right. do you remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. And I I just jotted down, I put this in my phone. I jotted down a quote that you said and I don't think US Anderson, I don't think this is a quote from US Anderson. I think this was a like you said this in the teaching. Okay. You said fear can't exist if your ego mind is not present. When you stop focusing on what will happen if you lose, there is nothing left but to win. There's real freedom there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was like, I'm going to read it again. Okay. I, I really yeah, do think, it. Like, do I'm it. Gonna, so here it goes again, guys. Fear can't exist if your ego mind is not present. When you stop focusing on what will happen if you lose, there is nothing left but to win. There is a freedom there. So Yes, there is. I think we start at the beginning with this conversation. Um, you know, I've been I've been on the the Nagel train for a long time now. I've heard you teach about fear for a really long time, and you know, generally when you teach about fear, you start from where, like, where did fear come from? Why do humans experience fear? And I'm not talking about fear like, oh, I feel afraid when I'm walking at the edge. Uh, on a, of a skyscraper right, fear, right? right like my right. life is not in danger fear right. like that fear is not a bad fear but like, that's where like, the fear comes from it's a biological evolutionary process in human beings that if you if the, 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 here's what you find generally the more the more successful a person becomes the less fear that they have because Fear has to be based on either something that is a known threat or a perceived threat, right? So if I'm walking on the edge of a skyscraper, I know what the threat is. That's a threat. Yeah. That's a you threat. fall off, you, you're, you are going to die. And it's a core fear because we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So those two startle responses are designed to keep us alive in our evolutionary process of just walking through life. But there could be a tiger in the woods. You know, I know that there's a tiger in the woods, but I don't know where the tiger is in the woods. So I'm perceiving that fear because of something that is known. But as I grow as a human being, 
and I start working on success, there's something that begins to shift if I will continue to learn. And that is I have to go through the phase of understanding how much fear I'm actually making up in my mind. And I have to be willing to sacrifice that for data because data removes fear. Data gives me information that I don't know so that I'm not perceiving something out of ignorance and then reacting to that poorly or emotionally and making decisions based on something that is, uh, well, it's purely made up in my mind, right? People like people are, they always say, I'm afraid of success or I'm afraid of failure. And I think that's total bullshit. Nobody's afraid of success or failure. There are fears there, but it's not of those things because we go through every day. Every human being has some successes and some failures. If they were, if they really were afraid of those things, they would not be able to even move. They would be paralyzed on the couch of life and they would be totally stuck there. Um, I think what it is, is that subsequently, as we grow up, we go from childhood into adulthood, we develop all different kinds of fears based on the emotional fears that others have, and we absorb them, right? We don't even need to experience them, and we absorb them, right? If, you live, if you're living with a person, you're a child, and this person's in constant fear about something that's irrational, and they keep projecting that fear into that child, the kid's either going to totally reject it or they're going to start absorbing it, and they'll be afraid of the same thing as the mom and dad are, but, they, but they've never actually experienced anything that would cause them to make that fear real. So it becomes a perceived fear. Now, if you take that same kid and that kid starts going, I want to live a different life. I want to have more success in different areas of my life. I don't want to grow up and be like my my mom and dad. And they start working on themselves. They have to, in order for them to move forward, they have to figure out a way, how do I work through this fear? And there's, there's a ton of different ways to do it, right? And it's been written about, it's written about from the religious texts all in all the self-help stuff, right. all different kinds of ways yeah. to do it. But basically what you do, what you're doing is you end up making a decision like, oh, okay, I have to do this afraid because the fear is not going to go away until I show myself that I can have a different experience, right? So this evolutionary thing's not taking over, hijacking, you know, my brain. It was, it, it was, however, however it happened that it became designed to be part of the evolutionary process. The, the interesting thing about it is that most people view fear as negative, and it's not a negative thing. It's an alert system that is highly evolved in in human beings to tell them, hey, pay attention. Something might be wrong here that could hurt you or kill you, possibly. Mm-hmm. But then the idea was that we were supposed to use our intellect to sort out whatever the problem was, not have the emotional response, which is fight, flight, or freeze from the fear and just do that. That happens, you know, once in a while when you are actually in some kind of danger. You're in a new situation you don't know. Uh, you are you're actually out in an area where there could be a tiger in the woods. You're in a really bad neighborhood. Your car broke down. Like there's there's real realities to certain fears that cause you to have a heightened sense of awareness. But that was never designed for us to to actually work through growth. It is a base survival level that that fear is operating at. And if we're going to grow, we have to move out of the survival level and into the level of the intellect, really challenging ourselves on how we think. The all of your 
all of your intellectual factors don't operate from fear. They, they're all creative in nature and they're designed to move a person forward. But if you don't know that, you'll argue with yourself constantly. Like you'd be back and forth between fear and desire, fear and desire. And people make, they don't make the kind of progress that they, that they really could if they actually understood what was, what was going on and how to manage their fear. Because I find that if you understand, okay, what is fear and what is it actually telling me? So I have, I have a more concrete understanding of fear. Okay, it's an alert system. It's telling me to be aware of something. It could be a possibility, maybe not. But then, yeah, the idea is I need to think through what it is that I'm doing to determine if there is any risk there whatsoever. And then I need to make decisions based off the data, not an emotional fear, because that's not the situation that I'm in when I'm when I'm working on being successful. I think that's where most business owners get tripped up. I think so with too. The emotional feeling of fear, yeah. right? They feel the emotional feeling of fear and it causes them to take steps backward. It causes them to move, move away from the thing that they know they need to do to move their business forward. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Th they're thinking about they're thinking about making a hire. Right. Well, actually, let's do this. They're thinking about having a difficult conversation with an employee. Right. They feel fear in their body because they're thinking this is going to create conflict. Someone's going to be mad at me. It might affect the rest of my business. So all of the excuses come raining in. But the first thing they, they experience is the fear in their body of having this conversation, yeah. which then causes them to create all kinds of excuses to not have the conversation that they intellectually Right. They consciously know they need to have. Right. That's they make the, the consequence of the fear more real in their mind by doing that. They make the consequence of the fear more real in their mind by doing that. Like that is like the excuses make the consequences real, yep. which then heightens the fear you feel in your body. Right. So we'll be having conversations with, with our clients, you know, and we'll, you know, it'll very, be very clear what they need to do. Um, they'll be in conscious agreement of what they need to do and then they'll say something like well i just really need to think about this yeah <laughs> or i just need time to here's a good one i just need time to process this and what they're saying is i need to figure out what to do with this fear i'm feeling inside me so that i can do this thing that i know that i need to do and the problem is is that you can't think yourself out of fear no they're going back into the fight flight or freeze and allowing that to they're thinking from that place. So they're making decisions from uh, from the rudiment of, of what fear was actually designed to do instead of thinking, how do I move through this? Right. They're hijacked. Their nervous system is totally hijacked. Like those of you listening to the podcast, think of how many times you have felt fear in your body because of business decisions that you, you've needed to make. Maybe it's you need to shoot a video. Maybe it's you need to do a Facebook Live. Maybe it's you need to hire someone. You need to fire someone. You, you need to contact a vendor. You need to negotiate terms. You know, you need to deal with an angry client. Just like, just sit and think about for a moment how many times you feel fear in your body and then really take a long look at how do you respond to that? Do you just step through it or do you actually procrastinate? Put it aside. Put it on your calendar for a date later in the future sometime. When go into you know, avoidance. Go into avoidance when you know that it's something that you need to, to do right now. I think this quote, I'm going to pull it up again here, that we started this with, fear can't exist if your ego mind is not present. 
When you stop focusing on what will happen if you lose, there is nothing left but to win. Right. So maybe maybe I should explain what the ego mind yes, is. Yes, do that. So the the ego is an interesting thing. It's a it is a sense of it is a sense of self, but it's a constructed sense of self. It is the idea of what we believe about ourselves to be true that we carry out into the world, and it's it's there's a lot of falseness to it, right? So it's it's made up of a lot of different things experiences suggestions what we're told about ourselves what we're not told about ourselves um the way that we're accepted or rejected from the parents and siblings and school kids and and as we're growing up we have a tendency to take things that hurt and find a way to try to mask over them right so we overcompensate in ways for where we're vulnerable in in yeah. life and over a period of time this ego develops and it allows us to feel somewhat confident and safe about going out into our world and, and living, doing what it is that we have to do. And when a person becomes an adult, they either go through a process of continuing to build, like putting on layer after layer after layer of that ego, or they start to go through a process of shedding it off to finding out who they really are and developing uh, the beliefs and the confidences and the and the skills and all of that as, as to how to go through life or uh, business and or or both. So with with Anderson with this with this book, the thing is is that the ego is being directly affected by this fear because it's the false self that's threatened. It's the part where we have some kind of misinterpretation or assumption that we could actually be hurt by something that is not has nothing to do with hurting us confrontation on on the level of what you're talking about the way people deal with business it's not about getting hurt it's about things that they were taught were wrong when they were a kid so they're afraid to have those confronting conversations when they're an adult right so what are we really afraid of at that point well maybe be not being a good person because that's what mom and dad said we were rude or that wasn't polite or that's not for polite society or kids should be seen and not heard like there's a numerous amount of stories that can come up for a child in that situation for sure but it's affecting only what we think about ourselves. it has no real relevance as far as hey you need to be really careful here because something really bad could actually happen that's false because the ego is false. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> it's a head. It's a it's a head spinner. It really is. I mean, we're being controlled by things that aren't real. Yeah, like, our business success is being controlled by things that aren't real. That's right. Our our. I mean, well, think of. I mean, gosh, this is even, this is, doesn't even just apply to business. I mean, think of all the people that are in you know really unhappy dysfunctional relationships. Yeah. It's used. It's used everywhere. It's and it's used to manipulate people. Um, it's used in advertising. It's used in marketing. It's using. It's used in political advantage. People play off of the insecurities of others. And if the whole idea is if you keep people in the dark, they're not aware of their insecurities, so they react to whatever the threat is because they don't actually know who they are. See the idea of, and I think this is where it starts. Stuff responsibility is a really unique idea when it comes to a human being because if a person is willing to be responsible for themselves they may they may not like what they're looking at but that won't last long because once they realize that with the thing that they don't like is usually a persona that they took on themselves 
in a moment of ignorance in their life, they can now get to the truth of who they really are, which is empowered, right? When a person is in fear or they're in victimization, they're blaming, they're projecting, they're moving the thing that scares the hell out of them onto another person or a thing. Therefore, they cannot accept responsibility and take their power back in order to change. Are you feeling stuck in your business and unsure of how to move forward? Are you tired of trying to figure things out on your own? We are Life Is Now Inc. and we understand the struggles of running a business. That's why we've created the Business Growth Accelerator, a two-day small group workshop that includes direct one-on-one coaching from myself and David Nagel. With our personalized guidance, you'll receive tailored solutions to your unique business problems. You'll learn how to identify hidden opportunities in your business, create an implementation strategy, and overcome your specific challenges. Plus, you'll walk away with the clarity, knowledge, plan, tools, and confidence to grow your business. Don't waste any more time trying to figure things out on your own. Sign up for the Business Growth Accelerator today and receive the personalized guidance you need to take your business to the next level. For more info, go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash growth. And again, for more info, go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash growth. And now back to the show. So let's play this out. Okay. Right. So, I mean, there are real ramifications of decisions in business. Oh, sure. Right? Like yeah. there, are, there are consequences to to decisions and actions in business. Right. I mean, well, in everything. In everything. More time than not, you let those perceived consequences control your actions. Yeah. Right. Rather than saying, I know this is a potential consequence and I trust myself to be able to respond if this should happen because I know this is a thing that I need to do. Right. Yes? Right. Well, yes. So the consequence, so the way that you perceive the consequence means everything because you've got to ask yourself, is that actually true or am I making that story up? In other words, yes, everything has a consequence, but it doesn't have to have a permanent consequence where you're like living a Greek tragedy, you know, in your life because something went wrong. All life all growth in life, I should say, is about the willingness to make mistakes, but then the willingness to own those mistakes and change them so that you can learn. You can't learn without making mistakes. The way people approach this fear thing is almost with, I have to avoid mistakes at all costs. And that's not the case. It's about it's about attempting understanding the mistakes that you make and then realizing, oh, this is just pointing to a place where I have to grow so that I don't make this mistake again, not to go into fight, fight, or freeze at freeze and then never do anything because I am going to presume at some point that I'm going to make this catastrophic mistake and I'm going to lose everything. So, I mean, it builds up in a person in their mind as to what the consequence of this fear is. And it's very little of it is actually rooted in any truth at all. I mean, I think we, I don't want to say we, I try not to, but I, I mean, I'm prey to this as well, but I mean, it's fatalistic thinking is just so rampant. Yes. 
you know well it's exploited that's why and, and what i mean by fatalistic thinking is by looking at a scenario and only seeing the downside right right like you look at you're in a you're in a dysfunctional relationship and you think about leaving but you only think of the downside you only think of what you're going to lose right you don't think of what you're going to gain right but that's taught behavior exactly and it's i mean is there someone not taught that i mean i like show me someone yeah i think yeah no i think no i think it's true i think it's i think it it is i think it's rare but i do think we we have come across people that that did not have a dysfunctional upbringing or they were taught much more healthy ways to have relationships than we were as kids but it's not the norm right right i i keep thinking of the scene in billions you know you and i enjoyed that show when it yeah. first came out especially and and there's a, a you know a gazillionaire billionaire um hedge fund uh, trader business. I don't, I don't know what his, his title is. Axel, Axel, Axel. Rod, right? Right. Axe, Axe Capital. And he's having this conversation with his kind of therapist. Yeah. And Wendy. he's talking, Wendy, yes. Who, yeah, I want to, uh, yeah, I, I have a great deal of respect for Wendy. Yeah. Um, and they're having this conversation about fear. And he says something, and I'm totally misquoting him, but he says something like, I love fear. I live for fear because it tells me exactly where I need to go. Yep. Like it literally, literally points you in the direction that you need to go. Yep. That's a lot of truth to that. That because it's it's right on the, it's on your growth. It's always on your growth edge. Always. Right. You fear what you don't understand. Right. Like that hard conversation that you need to have. That's part of your growth. Right. That's how you're going to grow your company moving forward. Right. I think there's different levels of it too because I do not experience fear the same way that I did. 30 years ago. I just don't. Oh, no. yeah. um, and, and I know more than ever the consequences of the, of the things that we, that we do. But I think part of the reason is, is because I've also become competent in areas that I wasn't competent in before. I didn't know that there were things that I could do to overcome and change errors in my life. And the other thing was, I think the biggest thing, Steph, was really giving over, giving up what other people thought of me. That was the root of all of my fear, what other people thought of me. And I had to really go through a process of giving that up so that I could own what I wanted and own the mistakes that I needed to make in order to become successful. A hundred percent. It was interesting. I was just doing a podcast interview um, and the interview asked me this question, like, what was my biggest growth edge? And it was a hundred percent the fear of the fear of people not liking me like that. That's massive. Like you, you can't you can't close sales if you have a fear of what someone thinks. You know right. what I mean? Like you, it's it's so difficult to have a successful business if you're afraid of what people think of you. Yep, it, it's paralyzing. It is really paralyzing. In my experience, work with the amount of people that we've worked with over the years, and watching people go through this over and over again, watching myself go through it. In the very beginning of when I started the company, I went through a week where I was just completely shut down. I couldn't get myself to act uh, in the sales capacity that I needed to do. It scared that scared the hell out of me. Yeah, that I couldn't get myself to pick up the phone, and the phone is sitting right in front of me. Yeah, and it's like I have got to get to the root of what this is, and where to come. What it comes down to was that I was afraid of what people would think of me if I failed. So it caused me not to do anything, which was an absolute total direction of failure <laughs> if I didn't pick up that phone. Right. And failure was certain in that decision process. So you you said earlier 
you know, people will say, and we've heard this so many times. I mean, we've heard this at our events. We've had people email into us. I think I have a feel of failure. I have a fear of failure or yeah. I have a fear of success. And really, are, are you saying that what they fear is other people seeing them yeah. fail? Yes. Or, or succeed them succeed because right. of what because it it separates it separates you it separates you and you'll be judged either way they're going to judge you if you fail they're going to judge you if you're successful you're you this is why people play the middle so easy because in the middle i can hide right nobody sees me in the middle yeah. Right. I look like everybody else. Blend in. Yeah, I'm a zebra. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, but if I fail, then the people around me notice because you you only go so far. You start losing shit. They start taking it out of your house. You, you know, people become aware. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, if you start to become successful, you're not going to hide that for long either. Right. And then the, and then we all know. I mean, it's this. It's the, it's an unspoken truth. That most of the people that raised us will judge us in some way for our success or for our failure. So in in not in not accepting our own value uh, and being the person that we want to become, having our uh, entire identity wrapped up in what other people think of me, that just shuts people right down. They're just scared to death because they don't want to lose the people that they love. Yeah. It was interesting. I was having a coaching conversation a couple weeks ago um, with one of our private clients and she was getting ready to launch um, a new program. And I mean, I, I always just ask questions like, tell me about the market for this program. Tell me about the pricing. Tell me about the tangible takeaways. And then in my mind, I go through a checklist of, okay, well, what's the competition? Like, does her list, does her audience support the, the success of this? Like, what's her marketing strategy? And everything lined up. Like, I was like, well, you've got a giant market. You've got referral partners. You have appropriate pricing. Your wording is on point. Like, I was really kind of just like looking at everything from bird's eye view right. and asking questions to help me see like is there something inherently wrong with this product that she wants to launch or is there something she's missing she had everything covered and i was like so like what's the issue with this and she's like i don't know i just i'm not i'm like well you have all these things they all nothing in my mind is throwing up a red flag why wouldn't you do this and her response to me was well what if nobody buys interesting right so like consciously, this is a perfect example of it, right? Yeah. Consciously, she's got this program that's, I mean, well, she's launched it now. It's made her six figures. She's got this this product that's amazing. It gives back a huge value. She has a built-in market. It was almost overdue for her to create this. And she still struggled with that piece inside of her that says, what if nobody buys? What if nobody buys? And that's, you know, one of the things that I like to do with people that is, is like, okay, well, let's play that out. What happens if nobody buys? Because here's what's interesting. They stop at that thought. Exactly. Right? It's like everything goes blank after Every, that. It, it after does. That it's like the curtain comes yeah. down, it's over, and they don't actually think it through. And once they think it through, then you can actually see it in their facial expression. They go into this, they go into this dilemma of which what is real? What's actually real in this moment? Is it real that I could actually work through the problem or is it real what the fear is suggesting, which is that everything will be a disaster at that point? Exactly. My question to her was, and I've been working with her for a while, so I just said to her, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? She said, I launched the program. 
And I said, well, okay, then I guess you know what you need to do. <laughs> and she launched the program and it, it, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it was a six figure launch. Right. Right. Isn't it amazing how close people are to success and they don't know it? Well, it's that three feet from gold story. It is. Right? Yeah. That, like, that story is so true. Tell, tell everybody about that story because no one knows what we're talking well, about. Well, right the now. three feet from gold story is an old story from uh, uh, Napoleon Hill. It was in three, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. It was about a guy who was a gold miner. And he was digging in a in a mine, and uh, he had gold for a while, and then it ran out. And he kept digging, 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 and there was nothing. So finally, he's losing all of his money. He's losing all of his investors, and he's like, "This, there's, there's no more gold here." Um, so he decides to sell everything, all of his materials. He gets like ten thousand dollars for all of his all of his tools or whatever, and he sells it to somebody else. And that guy hires a geologist or whatever to come in and do an examination on the shaft and all this. Mm -hmm. And the guy said to him, this gold vein that he was that he had in the beginning of this shaft, he says, if you dig straight this way in three feet, you'll pick it back up again. And it's right there. And that's sure enough. He changed the direction. The new guy changed the direction, dug three feet in the direction that the, this expert told him to, to, to go in. And mm -hmm. boom, he was right back into one of the richest veins of gold ever. I love that story. Right? It's Three feet away idea. from either complete disaster, I give up. I mean, it's also, look, if you think about the story, there's so many levels to that story because it's a complete loss of hope on the yes. guy who had this amazing desire to go and find gold, you know, to, to live this dream that he had. And then he got disillusioned by the results and didn't realize that he had made decisions that made him off course. And he didn't even go ask for help. Yeah. And I see, see so many business owners stopping when they're three feet from gold. Yes. Maybe that gold is hiring, replacing a C player with an A player. Yes, yes, Maybe that yes. gold is, you know, sending out, creating a video that goes viral and, and leads to massive lead generation. Maybe that gold is um, hiring a, a executive assistant that takes 10 hours a week off your plate so that you can see an opportunity that's been around you for years. Right to increase your business. I mean, I think that that gold is around every single one of us. And if you're listening to this podcast, I really want to ask that question. Like, are you stopping three feet from gold? Like, take a look at what you're resisting because of fear. Right. Here's, this is something that's interesting that happens at this point. Brandon, do you, do you remember the name of the movie clip that I used to show with Anthony Hopkins and, and Alec Baldwin, the one where he goes down in the plane? Um, let me pull it up. Real okay. Quick. Yeah. Pull that, yeah, pull that up. Sure. Let me tell the story. So in the beginning of this movie, Anthony Hopkins plays this billionaire and Alec Baldwin is a guy who's having an affair with his wife unbeknownst to him. And the whole setup is that they're flying in Alaska and his, he wants to kill Anthony Hopkins so that he can take the wife. But so the, there's a there's a mistake that happens, and the plane goes down in the water, and there's only th there's only three guys that survive: Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin, and I think there was another guy that that survived the initial crash. And Anthony Hopkins had been reading a, reading a book like How to Survive in the Wilds, and there was this brilliant dialogue in the beginning where he's he's arguing with these guys like, "Here's what we have to do to survive," and they're freaking out; they're completely yeah. freaking out. And he said, do you know why people die when they get lost? And the guy's like, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me why people die when they get lost. He said, they die of shame. Oh, I just got goosebumps. And the guy goes, what? 
He says, yeah. He says, they think to themselves, how the hell did I get myself into this situation? And they go into shame and they give up and they die. And the whole movie was about overcoming that shame and getting to um, getting getting back home, right? And, and they have to go through all this crazy. It's a fantastic. Did you yeah. find it? Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the name of the film. The name of the film is called The Edge. The Edge, yes, yeah, nineteen ninety seven. And I've actually got the quote where Anthony Hopkins is speaking to, I believe it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, character. yeah, give it to us. Uh, you know, I once read an interesting book which said that most people. Uh, get lost in the wilds, they die of shame. They die of shame. What did I do wrong? How could I have gotten myself into this? And so they sit there and they die because they didn't do the one thing that could save their lives. And that one thing is thinking. Oh, I love right? that. Isn't that great? It's pretty powerful. Do you remember when I used to show that clip oh, yeah, in live events? I remember. That's good stuff. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the you know, that's the thing. You were, we're always on, we are always on that edge. Um, and the only thing that moves us off of, you know, being completely crippled by our own thought process is to understand how to think differently. You know, you said to her, right? What would happen if you, how did you say it? Say it again. What would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? In order to, in, when you ask that a question, it induces thinking in a different direction. Yes. I mean, that's a simple question you can all ask yourselves when you're, when you're up against a decision. <laughs> that you know consciously moves your business forward or moves your relationship forward or moves yourself forward, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Yep. And then it's like the fog clears and the answer hits you right between the eyes every single time. Yes. And then just wait and see how fast the butts come in. Oh, huge. I would, I would do this, but, 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 and you go back into fear. No, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And just see what happens. And then the idea is that's where courage comes in. Yep. Because then, then you have to take action toward that fear. It's an amazing thing. It really is. That's good so, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great conversation. Just before we head out, I, I did some Googling while David was asking about the edge. <laughs> yeah. And I came across the five fears that all entrepreneurs faced. And you guys touched on every single one of them. This was from an Inc. article not too long ago. Fear of failure, which is number one. Fear of uncertainty. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being good enough and fear of success. You guys ticked all. And none of them are actually accurate. And none they're of them all, are. They're all a fear of something else. Exactly. Exactly. Now, we, we get from there into the five most common phobias. Do you have any of these? Fear of spiders? No. No. Fear of snakes? No. No. Really? You're um, the one that's afraid of snakes. Leave me alone. Leave me out of this. Fear of heights? Yes. No. I'm, a, I'm getting to be more and more afraid of heights yeah. as we go. I used to be able to be a roller coaster. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I had a bad experience as a kid. Oof. I wasn't afraid of heights when I was a kid. I would climb up anything. Really? Uh, but I got stuck someplace and um, that caused me to start to develop. Yeah, I do. I get a little nervous around high edges. Yeah, Steph I mean, doesn't because she jumps out of planes and bungee jumps and does yeah, all yeah. that crazy stuff. What about um, like fear of a fear of a situation where escape is difficult, like claustrophobia types? Yeah, I'm claustrophobic or, too. Or agoraphobia, I guess Probably, they call yeah. it. Like crowded. What about yeah. crowded places, open spaces? No, no, no nothing like but that. But the claustrophobic part, yeah. right? And then, lastly, surprisingly enough, on this list, fear of dogs. Oh, a lot, people, a lot of people yeah. are afraid of dogs. Yeah, yeah. based on probably past experience probably. as a child too. Yeah, well, both of mine are in fear of heights and claustrophobia. I got stuck on a third balcony railing. We were we when I was a kid, we were jumping off. We were playing like uh, sky jump, right? So we would put backpacks on and we would jump off this third balcony. Um, oh my god! 
and uh, I, got, I got I got stuck. Like we were playing parachute, right? I got I got stuck up there. So that so that scared me. And I mean, I was I was like I don't know seven, maybe seven years old, something like that. And then I got I had a bunch of older kids bully me one time when I was really little, and they locked me in this little cubby hole space inside a Winnebago trailer. Oh my god! And left me there for like an hour, and I couldn't get out. Aww. So then I had a little claustrophobia after that. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I feel bad for little David. Well, I know when I. I leave here. I'm going to go play Sky Jump for the first time. Yeah, Sky Jump. Yeah. Can we do that in the parking lot here? It was GI Joe. It was GI Joe action. Oh. It, it, it was like Sky oh. Jump. <laughs> so much fun. So much. Boys, man. Yeah, boys and their toys. Oh. No, this has been really, really impactful from a person sitting behind this mic who lives with a lot of fear, has learned to overcome quite of them. Thanks to the two of you. I greatly appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, where David and I took a deep dive, not off of a tall balcony, into fear, how it shows up in your business and what you can do about it. Give us some comments, give us some feedback, and let me know. Ask yourself that when you're on that that precipice of moving forward through fear and you ask yourself, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? How does that change for you? Let us know. We'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.